So hi, and welcome to our 40th episode of Fresh Out of Tokens podcast. This is Tanya, also known as Cypher of Tear. Um, unfortunately, my virtual right side chair is vacant this morning, as it is super early for David and sort of early for me. But we will carry on and um, have a great conversation with Martin Salen from Coldwood Studios. If you want to say hello, Martin. Hi, uh, and thanks for inviting me. Oh, you're so welcome. We were, we're super excited to talk to you because the love for, for Yarny and Unravel Game is very high in these parts. <laughs> For those folks just listening to the show, or maybe you've been here since episode one, we're part of the Geek.fm network, along with Geeks and Sneaks, Chromatic Life, and More Than Bits. We have teas and other items in the I Need Diverse Game Spreadshirt shop. We split the profits 50-50 with Chachi Bobings, and there's also a blog to complement the show. Follow us at outoftokenscast.com. If you have questions, compliments, or hate mail, please do not actually send us hate mail. It will make <laughs> me cry. But you can drop us a line at freshoutoftokens at gmail.com or add us on Twitter at outoftokenscast. And musical accompaniment for our episodes is provided by Mike Moody. You can hear more of her work at soundcloud.com backslash Mike Moody hyphen one. And with all of that out of the way, we can actually get to questions. So for those people who may not know who you are, Martin, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Okay. I'm uh, the creative director, uh, I guess you could call it, at Coldwood, a game studio based in the north of Sweden. And we've been around since 2003. I've worked there since 2005, been uh, making games for quite a while. But the latest game is, is I suppose, the one that people will know us from. It's, uh, it's Unravel. Up until then, we basically, we were, we were the, that strange little studio that made snow-based games. <laughs> but we wanted to do something different this time around. So I came up with this one. And that's, that's basically what I do. Well, we're very glad that you do this. So we got a chance to meet you and, and Yarny at E3 in 2015. What was that experience like? Because watching it, it seemed like it was like almost nerve-wracking to watch you, because I'm guessing that was your first time at like a big press event. Uh, well, I don't... Honestly, the thing is, like, people think I was really nervous. Uh-huh. But, but honestly, I, I kind of wasn't... Uh, I was nervous about my mic not working because at dress rehearsals, my microphone didn't work. And I thought that would have been embarrassing if just I didn't have any kind of volume. But other than that, I was less nervous and more excited, actually, honestly. Because, I mean, that's... Someone asked me before, uh, like we were in the green room backstage and asked me like if I was nervous at all. And I said, well, yeah, a little bit, but not that bad, actually. And then he just followed it up with... Uh, you kind of just want to get it done, right? And I had to say that, honestly, no, not really. I could do this all day because this is a really big moment for me and, and for the studio. Like, we've been working super, super hard for this for a long, long time. This is a lot of energy, a lot of love, a lot of hard work that has just kind of led up to this moment. So this is sort of the... You know the the big reveal when we get to get to show everyone this this really beautiful little thing that we made and you know basically it's kind of like to me it felt kind of like Christmas morning you know you have a really great gift for someone and, and just you're just dying to show it to them and you want to see them open it and you know want to see them enjoy it so for me it was just it was really a really emotional moment and, and a really exciting moment I was just really I was super happy about it oh that's so awesome. 
Yeah, and it was also, for me personally, I think it was just a, a very big moment because, I mean, since I was the one that created the game and, and since it's, um, it's also, it, it's been a very interesting journey. A lot of stuff has happened along the way because that's, it's always like that when you make games. It's, uh, it's a very interesting thing to do. It's a very strange and fun and always exciting thing to work on. Uh, so... So basically, for me personally, it was also a really big moment, especially considering like I'd, I'd gone through th- some personal stuff that was kind of rough before, but but just basically, I was so relieved and so happy that you know finally I get to show this and have people enjoy it. Oh, Yarny has certainly been a big hit. I've actually got all the stuff to make a Yarny sitting behind yeah. me. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, so I'm hoping I can make it before I leave for GTC. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, we we actually we had a we had a session this Sunday. Uh, like uh, a bunch of us from Coldwood went to this uh, to the library, the local library, and and we had a kind of like a yarn creation workshop with a bunch of like refugee children. So we had I don't know maybe like fifty kids making yarn creatures, which was really fun. Oh, awesome! I saw some of the pictures on your Twitter. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, so I'm, I'm not that crafty, so I'm hoping I can at least make a decent-looking yarny. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we've seen all kinds. <laughs> yeah, I've seen some really cool ones that the studios retweeted, so we'll see. It's just a matter of me sitting, having like an hour to sit down and really work with it, because as you know, prepping to travel is stressful, and hmm. you have to do all the things. Yeah, indeed. But speaking of Yarny, for the, there may be people listening who've never played the game or don't know how you came up with the concept of Yarny. Do you mind telling that story again? If you want to start right from the beginning, it was basically that we, we were working on a different project, a totally different project that got cancelled. Basically, everybody at the studio got fired. Oh, no. Uh, it's the game industry. It's like that. You know, it's, it's, it's really... We've been pretty good at sticking, <laughs> sticking to it and just getting by, scraping by. Uh, but this time it was really like yeah we were everyone was just basically out of a job and then when it's like that you you really think you think about what you want to do uh, you reevaluate a lot of different things like do I want to keep doing this uh, and do I like this what does this mean to me and as I was thinking about that I, I just realized that I was just incredibly frustrated with the stuff that we had been working on I figured that it was I basically felt like I don't see anything of myself in this and and I'm not necessarily super proud of of the like we made some kind of a fighting game that wasn't very good and just felt very you know slightly alien to me it just I it's fun making games and and you're it's easy to be kind of pragmatic about it that it's just like it's it's nice to work with your friends and do cool things but at some point you also realize that the stuff you make has to have some kind of like value in itself as well and and what I felt was that we've done a lot, a lot of games that weren't really making full use of the medium. It was basically just like these, you know, pointless little time wasters. And and I figured that if I want to keep doing this, I want to do something that has a deeper meaning, that, that's, that's more personal and that, that also has more to say and, and more to give, I suppose. Something that hopefully will leave players a little bit happier after they've played it. So that's where this idea was born from, that as I was thinking about those things, there was a song lyric that popped up in my head about 
there's a friend that actually sang a, a, a song at, at a party and just a line about how you unravel uh, when you're away from the things that you love. So then I got, got to thinking about, you know, wouldn't it be really cool to make a game that was about love and the bonds between people, where those bonds were real physical things, like yarn. Mm-hmm. And you were played as a character that was actually made from yarn. So your quest would kind of be to try to tie people back together. And the thing was, as all these ideas started taking shape, you know, uh, I, was, uh, I went off on vacation, like the, the last vacation, I suppose. I didn't really think that I would have a job to come back to afterwards. But I wanted to do something out of this because I figured like, well, one last hurrah or something like that. Uh, so what I did was uh, I had this concept, this, this theme, but I didn't really have a game idea yet. But I figured that if I make that little character, then maybe the game will sort of make itself. I can just act out the game. I can kind of play it out and see what it turns out to be. So I, just, I was just basically running around there in the woods trying to scavenge materials and see what I could scrounge up. And, and so so I made a little doll that was like the the first one, the the possible skeleton was made from, from wire that I peeled off a anchor cable to an old boat uh, like really rusty old metal wire and then I borrowed some yarn from some kid who was camping out nearby and just made this little doll and ran around with it and posed with it and took pictures of it and figured that you know this would make a really fun game well it is it's you know it's really interesting especially because the puzzle aspect is is more difficult than than I really expected <laughs> yeah yeah I think it's more difficult than a lot of people expected actually they, they they look at it and think like oh this is for kids but it's like well you know some of it is actually kind of hard oh yeah it's it's hard um I'm actually stuck on one of the last <laughs> levels I was trying to beat it before we talked to you today and it's just like you know what Yarny just has to be safe hanging out on this cliff for a while because I can't. <laughs> the part, it's um when you're trying to get through where it seems like either acid or toxic waste, and you have to slide down mm-hmm. the incline and then yeah. climb those um, ladders of leftover tires. Oh, yeah. There's one jump where it's like you have to catch yourself and kind of swing. I always miss it and drop Yarny. And I'm just like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry because I feel so bad when he... When I when I like drown yeah. or drop Yarny, and I actually we actually got a question about that from um, listeners. So how did you kind of come up with those mechanics and deciding like you know, like this would be the puzzle mechanic or this would be the puzzle for this level? Because there's so much that that comes up. It's like when you stop and think about it, it makes perfect sense. But a lot of times when you're in that moment, you just keep missing the goal. <laughs> you just want to cuss mm-hmm. at poor little Yarny. We came up with a, a fairly basic move set that was like. That was basically the stuff that I imagined when I was playing with that doll in the woods. I, I figured that you should have a basically you're you're stuck. The yarn is stuck to the start of the game, mm-hmm. so you have that end of the yarn, and then you have the front end of the yarn that you can kind of throw like a little lasso. So so you have the lasso, and then you can grab the back end of the yarn and pull on it and climb on it, or you can attach it to things. So we didn't really want to make it more complicated than that. But then the trick was to try to make those things combine into uh, like, you know, more intricate stuff. So you can attach the yarn to things to create bridges, or you can attach the, the yarn to objects to uh, kind of make little anchors and stuff like that. But basically, when we, when we set about designing the, the actual puzzles for the game, we usually, we usually kind of like to start with a, a story, just something that you can retell easily, like... 
the part where you ha- had to uh, sneak through the car crusher or the part where you get snagged on a water wheel that starts turning and, and eating up all your yarn. Things like that, that you can kind of describe in a few quick sentences and just basically that tell a little story. And then we just basically, we start start drawing and start experimenting. And we have a pretty good editor, so we can just basically go from ID to actual gameplay in just mere minutes. It's It's really easy to draw it out and just play with the physics and, and see what we can do. Yeah, the water wheel level, I didn't realize that was happening at first. <laughs> I was like, what happened? Why didn't my yarn snap? Yeah, it, it's it's kind of, it's sort of stressful, that, that environment. It is. And this this next question is more my personal curiosity, but, you know, yarny is, is made of yarn. So how did you decide that, that that yarning could take fall damage or drown or like, you know, have insta-death in the case of like the toxic waste level. To us, it was just basically this this thing about we wanted players to feel empathy for this character. And I think that whole, that whole thing about empathy is, is really important. I think in order to do that, they have to feel a little bit protective. And to get there, we really have to have some kind of danger there. And there has to be some real hazards, some real adversities that you have to overcome. So that's why we wanted to make Yarny quite fragile. So you get that sense of, you know, you feel a little bit bad whenever you drop him in the acid. <laughs> but but, <laughs> but I, I also think that's a, that's a really good thing. Like when I'm... One of my favorite things is just when I see people really, you know, they go <gasps> every time something dangerous happens because they really care. They really don't want this little ball of yarn to die. So, so basically, that's why we tried to include some elements of danger in there. And, and I think what it really boils down to is that most of the stuff that you do in the game isn't actually that hard to do, like to perform. It's, it's basically, once you figure out what to do, then it's not really that hard to pull it off, usually. It's not really Twitch-based skill as much. We have some, some swings, some jumps that, that are a little bit tricky, but usually it's just a matter of figuring out the right way to do it. And once you've done that, it's, it's, you know, it's fairly easy. I mean, that makes perfect sense for just like, poor little Yarny. <laughs> yeah, and I think also there's the, the there is the aspect of you know it it is quite fun to <laughs> to mess to mess with people sometimes. I, I remember when we put together the the demo for E3, that demo ended with the the sliding rocks. You know, you walk downhill on on loose yes. rocks and they start coming down, and then the entire cliffside comes down with you, and you have to kind of jump on these rocks to get to a safe place. And we had so much fun with that one, just like. A lot of people jump over all the rocks, and once they've done that, they get a rock that's four times as big as the other ones, just crashing over them and crashing. (laughs) 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 So we actually thought about it. We should just we should write on that rock like coming in 2016 or something like that. (laughs) But we ended up not doing it. But sometimes it's also a little bit funny to just mess with people. Oh, it is. That's that's awesome. Yarny is also very expressive. Mm-hmm. It's. It feels like if you leave Yarny standing around too long, like like there's a very definite. I'm I'm a little piece of yarn. Don't leave me out here. Mm-hmm. How did you all manage to convey such emotion? Because you know, like there's no there's no speaking. You know, it's it's just all visual. It's all beautiful music. So, how did you manage to convey so much emotion with with this little red fluff of yarn? It was always a big goal for us 
to make the character really expressive because as I said like empathy was important and it you don't really feel empathy unless you feel that the character is somehow alive so it was a huge focus for us to do it so what we did was that we have a lot of different layers of stuff going on we we came up with this thing that we call mood zones so basically we divide the level into parts uh, where we can sort of say that in this part uh, Yarny should have this mood like if you walk into the to a dark cave Yarny might switch to a different stance like he's kind of cautious and sneaking or if you're um, like in that mine level for instance you can see Yarny all like huddled up and scared and, and kind of like wet and cold and then on top of that we have a lot of context-based animations as well so for instance if you're wading through water you'll see Yarny using different animations or you'll see the ears drooping a bit uh, or when you're walking through deep snow, you also use different animations for that. Or when you're standing close to a ledge or something like that. So we have lots and lots of con- context-driven stuff. Just basically things that we designed to make to make the character seem alive and to make the character react to the environment and just seem aware, you know, not just like dead pixels. And then on top of that... As well, uh, we have a lot of procedural uh, animations. Like we use a lot of physics input as well to make sure that if you're standing on something that moves, you'll see that you know Yarny would react uh, in a realistic way. So there's there's a lot of stuff going on, and and I think what it was for me, I did a lot of exp- experiments with this right away because there was a lot of discussions to begin with. Like, should there be uh, should we put a mouth on Yarny? Should we have like eyebrows, irises, whatever, and I just was pretty adamant that no, we shouldn't change anything because this character is what it is. And and you can say so much with very little and sometimes you can actually kind of say more that way as well because you strip away the non-essentials and just, you know, boil it down to the most important parts. And, and I think, you know, body language is, you know, capable of saying so much, especially when you're dealing with more like raw emotions instead of a specific, you know, worded message. It's basically just trying to convey fear or happiness or, or sadness or joy, things like that. And it, that's perfect to show through animation and through body language. Watching Yarny kind of look terrified, it actually like made me react <laughs> that way. I'm like, I can't like fail this little yarn. And then every time he died, I was just like, I'm a horrible monster. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean it. It's a delicate balance, you know. That that, you know, we don't we can't push the difficulty level too far because then we kind of if you like overstretch the rubber band, I suppose it's going to break. But I think for the most part, we got it at least kind of right. That that you know, I I think that the difficulty and and the fact that it is sometimes quite dangerous is an important thing because we want it to feel like an accomplishment. We want people to. You know, connect with it and 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 feel like they've done something good. And I think it, it's hard to get that connection with something that's too easy. So I think it's it's pretty important that there is a bit of a challenge and there is some some amount of danger in there as well. Oh, there definitely is. And this is just so strictly a fun question because mm-hmm. seeing Yarny asked to join the Inquisition made me <laughs> so happy. Because I'm I'm a big Dragon Age nerd, and I was like, oh my god, this is too adorable. I'm going to, like, die of happy. 
Um, so what's been the best reaction you've seen so far to Unravel, either from other devs or from fans or even like, you know, amongst each other since, you know, like Yarny's finally out there for us to, to meet and to play with? I think it's hard to pick a favorite one. We've seen so many. Uh, people have been sending us so much cool, uh, cool stuff, so cool greeting and, and just greetings. And, and uh, well, they make their own Yarnies. They send pictures and, and everything. And I think that's, I think all of it's super cool. And it, it's kind of overwhelming and very, very, you know, it, it's, it's the biggest ego boost, really. But uh, there, there's a different level as well, because it just basically, like, one of the things I talked about in that E3 presentation was that I think that games can be really powerful things, that they can mean a lot to people. Even though I don't think every game has to try to do that, I think it's, it's, it's really nice if some games actually kind of go for that goal. And I suppose that maybe those things are the, the things that move me the most, like the, the really personal emails or messages that we get sometimes from some people who just tell us that this has really meant a lot to them. This has really helped them through things because, you know, sometimes, you know, a a smile goes a long way. You know, sometimes a game can really make you feel better about things because they, we care about them so much. We get so involved in them uh, so that even though it's, it's not like a, I don't want to like, exaggerate the the importance or the meaning of what we do but i i I just think that it's uh there's something really nice about making people happy especially if they they were really if they really needed someone to make them happy and we've been getting a lot of those messages as well and that i just that's that's pretty cool it's pretty cool to be proven right that way (laughs) that, that games really can be quite you know powerful things um, gaming is is definitely powerful and, and, and it creates a sense of community because a lot of the friends that I've made have been because of games. Hmm. You know, I'm I'm not like this really like sappy person, but I squealed like a five-year-old when I started playing Unravel and I streamed it and and this is just me thanking you personally for a game that, that brought back a lot of the joy I think gaming was missing. At least for me, because making sure this little red fluff of yarn got where he was going safely and, and, you know, figuring out the story while having such, like, a beautiful environment to explore and and such, you know, I don't want to say heart-wrenching, because not all the music is heart-wrenching, but heartwarming music Mm. to kind of accompany that. That's what I felt a lot of games have been missing, at least for me, because it's either like, you know, hardcore, you have to kill everything, or sprawling worlds, it'll take you 500 hours to find everything. It's like, here's a happy game. I, mm. I'm learning a lot because, you know, like the game is also very Swedish, so there's, there's a chance to also like have a new cultural context for a lot of players. And seeing the love that that people have for Unravel and for Yarny is just so heartwarming for me because I've been gaming a long, long time and that was missing for me, I think. So that just that just really made me very happy. So from me to you, thank you very much for Unravel and for Yarny. Thank you. I'm really glad to hear that. I mean, it's, uh, it's really nice to see that there is room for, for a nice game as well. But it's also... I think it's important to mention that it's 
it's nice, but it's not harmless. You know, right. It's, it's, I think actually, like going back to the question of favorite reactions, I, uh, I think it's it's been really fun watching uh, all these YouTube videos that people put out when they play it, and I kind of like seeing them play the end part because, well, well, the thing is, like, it does get pretty dark. It is. It does get pretty sad, but it's really, really, really nice to see when people play the last level and where we just basically, you know, turn everything around. Uh, and it's just some of those reactions have been just absolutely like awesome because it really feels like, yeah, we nailed it. <laughs> when you, when you hear that, when you, when you like, you know, hear them laughing. That's awesome. Well, I'm definitely going to stream Yarny. Hopefully I can get him out of the acid pit. <laughs> um, but, you know, I'll let you, I'll, I'll try and be sure and let you all know when I stream. Although because of time difference, it's usually super late for you all. Um, yeah, that, it is It is a little bit tricky. But it, it was actually kind of funny. Like the, f the first weeks after launch, we were just basically, I think we didn't do much actual work we just basically <laughs> watched all the streams that we could and it was, it was kind of funny like when you when you like write in the comments to some video like you know no pressure but we have the entire studio watching you right oh now. my god <laughs> um because i had michael in my stream and i was just like oh hi i'm gonna kill your creation i'm so sorry <laughs> um yeah, but that but that's awesome i think that a chance to watch people enjoy your creation in real time is so amazing yeah, and it's really educational as well, just, just to see them go nuts with it as well. It's like, and I always like snicker when I see them play the the mosquito level. As well. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> so that, that that was really like during playtesting when people were saying like, "Yeah, the mosquitoes are really annoying. You should do something about this." And I was like, "Yeah, maybe we should make them slightly more annoying because they are mosquitoes after all." Oh my god! Well, you succeeded. <laughs> I think that's interesting, though. Like, I read some piece uh, a couple of weeks ago about just intentional disharmony in games, just using using things to create an emotion where where you kind of like make jarring or disharmonic gameplay stuff on purpose, just in order to get kind of a point across. Like, like those mosquitoes. I mean, you can just wave the yarn around and scare them off, but they are also like a huge pain, which is really fun because they're mosquitoes and they're supposed to be incredibly <laughs> annoying that's true and i think it kind of does work as well like because it, it really is a relief when when you get rid of them or like the level that you're playing when you get to the end of it it's really 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 noisy it's it's super loud and it's super intense and then you get that incredible contrast when you finally get to shut everything down and it's just quiet and it's just such a relief moments like that are, are really cool and i think you can only kind of get to them by by well, messing with players just a little bit <laughs> well and it's rewarding it's like i finally got through all this i can take a breath yeah absolutely um so so yarny and unravel has been amazing and i'm sure that you know you're, you're hard at work doing stuff and i actually saw this morning that you tweeted that you're hiring a game designer so so kind of what's next for you and, and are you just kind of like taking a breather and, and enjoying things for a minute before you get back to work on whatever's next from Coldwood? Uh, I think we're definitely, we have, we've been just uh, 
doing the breather thing, uh, just uh, taking a few weeks to land and just basically evaluate everything and you know evaluate the process, evaluate the tools, evaluate the game, watch lots of videos of people playing and, and finding out all the places where you know we could have communicated stuff better, where we could have designed things differently or where we find find bugs or things like that and just try to improve our process and whatever happens next is just basically i guess we'll see the way i see is is that this game was created under pretty special circumstances considering like everybody everybody was basically fired and i took off into the woods and then came back to work with this pretty much you know this is what we're going to make like a, a complete package sort of and I think that's that's not really that's not usually how we do things. I think it's just Coldwood is such a small studio that we really try to collaborate on everything, and and that's why I think that this time around that whatever we do, it's going to be more like uh, we'll all have a big sit down and, and just try to figure out together what we're going to do. So um, it's going to be more of a yeah, oh, it's going to be the collective <laughs> take on it. Okay. That's so awesome. I wish I had the skills and could speak Swedish. I would so apply. <laughs> Alas, I do not. Um, but we actually got a lot of questions and a couple of which we, we, we touched on through the course of our conversation. So I'll leave the questions in, but we actually kind of gone over them already. The first set of questions is from Nadia Kafis, who rather enjoys watching me stream Yarny because basically she likes to hear me scream when I when I drop him <laughs> into things. And she's she's finished through the game, so a lot of times she'd be like, okay, I know you don't like backseat gaming, but you're, you've been on the same part for 20 minutes, let me help you. <laughs> but she wants to know, how many design iterations did Yarny go through before he was finalized into the character that we wound up playing? I would say, depending on how you look at it, one. Basically, what I did was... I made that thing and I really bonded with it and figured like, I like this character, I like this a lot. And it feels like this character has a soul in a way. I think like everything you make has some kind of a soul, but sometimes, you know, you know, that notice that there's something really special about it. And so basically I didn't want to change it because I figured like it would be almost rude in a way. Because sometimes when when just when you have a day like like the day that I had when I made that first concept, it just it just basically feels like I don't know. It's just it's it's sort of like luck is smiling at you. It just basically things keep going your way, and I, I was just basically rolling with it and and figuring like things are working out so great that I'm just going to follow this feeling and see where it leads and, and just basically, I don't know, follow karma or whatever. It sounds, sounds a bit cheesy to say, but it, that, that was basic. That was, that's, that's how I felt at the time that, you know, I was just finding finished pieces and, and putting one after the other. And just, this is really cool. So that's why I was really really adamant that we weren't going to change it at all. Because when people were saying like, well, we should put eyebrows on, we should put a mouth on, or we should change the color, we should do whatever, we should put a nose on it. And and I just said that, no, we shouldn't, because this thing already is something. This, this character is 
what it is and we aren't going to change it. Even though we could probably make it more perfect, more whatever, we won't because it has a soul already. It is a, it is a thing already and we're not going to mess with it. So basically what the only thing that we did was that I, I made one more iteration that was made from proper armature wire instead of that anchor wire because it was really hard to work with. So I made one that was like more of a, a stunt yarny or something like that. <laughs> and and that was the, the only iteration that we made, really. Okay, that's awesome. And then her other question that we didn't already address was, crabs, birds, machinery, electrocution, you monsters. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, though, how difficult was it to animate the grizzly death slash fail scenes? Uh, I don't. I, it was more like fun, actually. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that I think that we might have gone a little bit overboard with the lemming because I think that it's, it must be one of the longest death, death sequences in all of gaming. <laughs> it's like you can see the lemming chew you and digest you and basically move on with its life before <laughs> before you're done. It's a really really long sequence, but <laughs> it, it sort of had to stay the way it was because we didn't have time to redo it. But other than that, I think it, it's kind of fun in a way, because the goal is to avoid those things. But if they do happen, there has to be some kind of like payoff, you know, so, so, that, so that even failing is fun. So basically, that, that, that's why we sort of secretly enjoyed it, <laughs> actually. <laughs> Because I think failure in games is a hard thing to do. It's just we had a discussion about that just last week. Like, should we even die? Should we have a game where it's possible to die, or should we make different ways to fail? Uh, and then we figured, like, well, at least uh, I think that we sort of we could have gone a different direction. But I'm I'm pretty happy that we did take it in this direction because I like that there is a danger there. I like that there is a sense of gravity to everything. Like that, you know that. The quest you're on is something that's, you know, it's a little bit scary, but it's it's worth fighting through. And and I think if if it had been entirely harmless and safe, I'd, I'm not sure it would have been as special for the people who actually make it through the whole thing. Yeah, because without the danger of failure, you're like, oh, well, I know I won't die. I'll just keep doing this over and over and it won't matter. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I mean, it, it is... It is a, a balance, of course, because sometimes, in, in some cases, death is really, really frustrating. But we've tried to basically, we playtested quite a lot beforehand, so we sort of knew the places where people would risk failure and just basically try to figure figure out ways around them, so just to minimize frustration. Yeah, although the, the first time the crab got me, <laughs> I shrieked. I wasn't expecting it. I'm like, oh, it's a crab. I can just run by, and the crab killed me. Yeah, it's it's, it's interesting with the crabs. It's it's one of the that was actually the first level, the the first setting for a level that that I I wanted to put in the game because um, it's well, basically, I, when I made the first concept, we were out in the woods, just uh, pretty close to the coast. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's a place that we've gone to a lot and just one of the things that i like to do with my kids is that we we catch a lot of crabs down by the seashore like we uh you put a little like mussel shell or something in a clothespin and just tease the crabs out and then they grab it and hang on to it because they're really angry and then we put a lot of them in a bucket and then we tip the bucket over and have the crabs race each other back to the sea (laughs) 
which is really fun. But they also pinch really, really, really hard. <laughs> even the even the small ones hurt when they grab you. Oh wow! Yeah, that that just it was just it was just one of those moments where I'm like, oh my god, I'm so sorry, because you just feel like it has to be so devastating. <laughs> <laughs> um. Let's see, because the other question Nadia asked, which was, "What does Colwood have in the future have in store?" We actually just um, talked about. So we actually got a few more questions, and I swear we will not just inundate you with too many questions because <laughs> people were excited that you're coming on the show, and they were like, "Here, that's cool. I have that's twenty good. questions." Um, awesome. um, by by a friend of the show, Sharif Jackson. Um, so we may have covered this already, but his first question was. Did you design the platform mechanics first and then add visuals, or was it the other way around? Uh, it was a little bit of both, but but usually, usually we start with some kind of a, a story, like a sentence, and sometimes some some other times it's just someone has an idea for something that's really cool and visually spectacular, uh, and then we figure out an idea around that. And sometimes it's just it's just basically a, a pure physics thing, like someone draws something out on paper and like, hey, wouldn't this work? Uh, so so it just basically depends on what we figure out first. Um, I think one of my favorite like little mini I wouldn't call it puzzle as much as a, it's a little a problem. It's like at the end of, of the mountain trek level where there's a little creek that you need to get over and there's a, a bunch of logs. Uh, that you can you pull a door down and release the logs and the the logs roll out into the creeks and and form a bridge that you can jump across but you have to jump out of the way uh, and swing to safety mm-hmm. and I think that that puzzle was I think that was probably about five minutes from idea to near final execution because we had most of the assets in place and just basically like wouldn't it be pretty cool if you could have logs that roll into the water and we could see can we can we make them float and at the time we hadn't really worked on the water physics that much so we weren't sure it was going to work and but we just drew it out and then released the logs and they roll out and you jump to safety and it's like hey cool this like if if making games was this easy all the time <laughs> it would be awesome Oh, that's so cool. Um, well, because Sharif's other question had to do with m- more kind of game mechanic-y things. Um, it was, how did you choose the length of the yarn? Was it shorter or longer in earlier versions of the game? Uh, depends on like the length of, of which yarn. The yarn that's trailing behind you or the yarn that you can throw like a lasso? I'm going to uh, go with the yarn that's trailing behind you. Yeah, we the what we did was basically... Uh, Playtest it a lot. Uh, we did have a discussion, like, should we have an absolute amount of yarn for the entire level? And then we just basically figured that, no, it would be really annoying if you made an, a mistake early in the level and had to redo a lot of things to just find where your mistake was. So what basically happens is that whenever you get to a checkpoint, you get enough yarn to make it to the next checkpoint if you do everything right so to speak and in some cases we deliberately give you just barely enough so that you have to be really economic about how you use it and in some cases we just basically make sure that you have as much as you need 
because we figured that the whole thing about running out of yarn is an interesting mechanic sometimes, but it would be really tedious if we would do it all the time. So we basically just try to, we do it in some cases, like in the in the Meyer level, for instance, where the, the whole thing is pretty much like a, a big maze in disguise uh, and some other cases, but we try not to overdo it. Yeah, the Barry Meyer was one of those levels where I cussed a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Because, well, I'm sure you've seen players do this, where it's like you, you literally can see the next spool of yarn, but you're like a couple inches short. Yeah. <laughs> you're just like, yeah, that, that's, that's totally, totally by design. It, it's just, it is kind of a maze, really. And, and I think that's also one of those places where we use this like, intentional disharmony. Because for me, it was just about, if you look at that little sentence that describes that level, like, how do you really know how cool something is unless you, you know, know what it takes to get it? And that was basically born out of this discussion that I had. We, we, we had a dinner with some people from EA and I was uh, talking about cloudberries, which are my absolute favorite thing in the world. Like it, cloudberries are the ones that you find at the end of the level. And she was like, yeah, they're all right. And then I, I started to think about it and I realized that I think one of the reasons that why I love them so much is that, you know, my my mom dragged me out into the mire when I was a kid and just like, let's pick berries. And then it feels like you walk forever and ever and get nowhere and find nothing and you're eaten alive by mosquitoes and you're wet and you're cold and you're miserable. And then you finally find these things and it's awesome and it's the most wonderful berry in the world and it taste like everything you ever dreamed of but if you didn't have that experience before that then you might not know just how cool it is so that's basically what that was all about just trying to make a level that is a bit frustrating that is a bit annoying but it's such a payoff when you get through it all yep oh i i cheered when i got through that level (laughs) yeah it is a relief yeah and then you go to the railroad tracks and then you hate life (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> you don't actually hate life but it's a it was way more challenging than i expected and then sharif's last question was have you played yoshi's woolly world and if so what did you think uh i haven't actually uh, I've i've seen videos of it but i haven't really played it it was it was kind of funny because i think it was at e3 that some uh, a reporter asked me like well what do you think about yoshi's woolly woolly world and i said what you mean kirby's epic yarn it's like, no, Woolly World. And like, what's that? <laughs> and it, it, it's one of those things that it, it feels rehearsed, but it was really like, I hadn't seen it and I haven't played it yet. But, okay. Um, I don't know. It, it looks looks nice, I guess. Okay. Uh, no pressure. I mean, I'm sure Sharif asked because, hey, yarn game and another yarn game. Um, so... Kelly has one question, which was, could there ever be another game featuring Yarny, or did Unravel cover everything that needed to be said for this character? Uh, I think, uh, I don't know. It's, 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 we haven't really discussed it super much, but I, I, th- I feel, I, I kind of feel like this about it. I feel that I'm a big fan of closure, that you make people feel like they've really accomplished something. Mm-hmm. I think it, it's nice with open-ended games and games that leave you kind of curious about some things, but I think it has to feel like I made it to the end of the quest and I actually, you know, I did some proper good. Uh, and that's why I think that 
I, I think it's important to just let a story be finished at some point. Oh, if only Hollywood could learn that lesson. Because <laughs> um, I mean, I, I had really fun making this, and and I think there's 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 definitely cool things you can do with this mechanic. I just don't want to make you know old lady too that does a different <laughs> thing. <laughs> you won't get Yarny coming back for revenge or anything. <laughs> um, um, and then Jay had a question about um, what was it like to create such de- detailed digital versions of real life environments? Uh, it was pretty awesome. Uh, it, it was a, uh, an, an idea that I had really early on that I was, I was having so much fun taking those first pictures of Yarny and just, you know, running around my favorite place and finding cool things to just take pictures of and, and try to create gameplay of. Uh, so I kind of figured, like, well, let's make the entire game like that. Let's keep doing that. Let's uh, let's just base everything on, on the places that matter the most to us uh, or that has the most to say. So we went on all these like super cool field trips, just bunch of bunch of people with a bunch of cameras and just crawling around in the moss and <laughs> taking pictures of mushrooms and things, and it was really really fun. And especially when we started to put it put it all together and and just realized that you know this this looks awesome. This is going to turn out really cool. Overabundance of of nice things to just populate this world with it's like let's have more flowers let's have more leaves let's have more mushrooms let's have more of everything and just uh, go nuts with it it's it's kind of nice when you get to take your own backyard and try to show it off to everyone and, and just make it look as nice as humanly possible <laughs> Oh, it's gorgeous. It it made me really want to visit Sweden even more because I've got a friend, a couple friends I made through, um, through gaming, and I keep saying like, "Oh, I want to come visit," and I'm just like, "Okay, hmm. now I want to be a nerd and make a yarny and come visit <laughs> Sweden." <laughs> so, should be fun. And I, I think it's, uh, I mean, it was really cool. Like we had this, uh, we had a film crew over from Los Angeles uh, to shoot a behind the scenes video with us. And that was that was really fun. Like, uh, I was talking, telling them about this. It's called Allemansrätten, which we have in Sweden. Like, basically, it means that nature should belong to everyone. Everyone could go, can go anywhere, and, and just do anything as long as we're like respectful and don't break anything. Uh, so I was I was telling him about. Well, of course we can pick berries. You can pick berries anywhere, uh, and blueberries were in season so he was like wow that's awesome and he started picking blueberries and just basically wandered off into the woods and <laughs> we were starting to wonder if we were ever going to see him again because he was gone for like 90 minutes or something like that and came back with his hands all blue and his lips all blue like like a like a 10 year old <laughs> it was really fun that's so cute yeah that would be me <laughs> i think that's also one of the things about that's worth mentioning about the game is that we didn't necessarily set out to recreate things exactly you know how they look it was more about trying to capture how they feel it's like in the barrymire you should be super annoyed by the mosquitoes or when you're playing in the new snow on on winter sun it should feel just as you know sparkling bright and awesome and fun 
so just you know, trying to recreate the same emotions uh, that you would feel visiting the actual places. Awesome. All right, so we've only got a couple questions left, and I swear we'll be done soon. <laughs> no, no worries. So from our friend Tim, Thane1982, he asked the, about the soundtrack, and he said it's perfect all the way through and through. And are there any plans to release it for sale? Uh, I am currently trying to make that happen, so we'll see, hopefully. Uh, but basically, I would say that if keep watching either my Twitter or the Unravel Game Twitter or, or just Unravel Game Com or something like that, because there might be an announcement. I'll, I'm just trying to push the right buttons and, and, you know. Awesome. Find the right leverage because I, I, I want, I want <laughs> one too. I, I will happily buy one. I'm sure with a lot of other people. So Tim is also a big Bioware fan like I am and wanted to know, is Yarny officially part of the Inquisition now and will he be traveling to Tevinter? <laughs> uh, we will see what happens, but it was, it was really nice that, <laughs> that Yarny uh, could apply. <laughs> we'll see. And then he had a question about the epilogue and wants to know, was the epilogue planned from the beginning or was it demanded after seeing the ending? It was definitely planned from the beginning. We kind of went a little bit back and forth about how to actually implement it. So we had a general idea of the feeling that we were trying to create and just tried a few different iterations to see how we could accomplish that. But basically, the way I look at it is that I, like I said, I like closure and like uh, also said that I, I kind of like, I want the, the, the reward to be playable. I want playing the game to feel like a reward. So basically the last level is sort of your, your payoff, your, uh, your reward for making it through, for, for persisting and fighting through things, even though even though the last, uh, or the almost last, of what to call it, uh, even though that level is pretty pretty mm-hmm. grim, I think that epilogue is just what kind of makes it all worth it. Well, I, I will, you know, I look forward to seeing the epilogue. I'm hoping I'm toward the end, but that level with the acid is really rough. <laughs> yeah, you know, just remember that you can uh, you can always make those jumps a little bit simpler by just uh, tying onto things, like using the, using the yarn as a safety line. Sometimes people try to do everything in one go, and uh, you can definitely do that, just like swinging by on the lasso, but it's, it's slightly easier if you just uh, tie onto them. So if, if you do miss the next one, you can basically save yourself and climb back up to where you came from. Yeah, I, I learned that the really hard way early in the game. <laughs> and then Tim's last question, we actually covered quite a bit, but I just wanted to read it out because he had asked in his group of questions about a deliberate attempt to make players want to protect Journey, which we, you know, we covered in depth, but I just wanted to make sure that he knew that we got that question. So we, we usually close out the show with talking about what we've been playing slash reading, you know, and since you're the guest, you know, what have you been playing these days? Uh, I have been playing through Life is Strange, actually. Uh, I played the first episode a long time ago, but then I figured like, well, there are four more episodes. So I've been playing those a lot lately. And it's really nice, actually. I'm not always a, a big fan of the actual dialogue, but I think that tone and the the mood of the thing is is really nice and so it's pretty cool i i finished it i have many thoughts about the game not all of them kind but 
it, it's interesting. I did, I liked it, but I wish that there had been a lot, um, I wish the dialogue had not seemed so stilted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it's kind of like you have to think around it sometimes, but it just, you, you can kind of see what they were going for. And so I, I, I think I'm, I, I appreciate the effort. Yeah, and that, that's about where I'm at. That's where I've decided I'm settled with the game. I appreciate the effort. I'm glad we have a game with you know women, young women protagonists. But the dialogue almost like took me out of it to a point. <laughs> yeah, it can, it can definitely do that. Um, and then, have you been playing or reading anything else, or is that pretty much it? Lately? Uh, I've been playing a little bit of Firewatch as well, which is it's sort of the other way around. I think the 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 dialogue is just exquisite. I think the dialogue is really good. Uh, I'm not super sold about the gameplay as such. I think it's it's sort of like a big long corridor where you occasionally click at things, but it's worth playing just for the dialogue because I think it's really well written and really well acted. So Cool. Well, as for me, I've been playing Unravel unsuccessfully lately. <laughs> <laughs> I played Solstice by Moa Cube. It's a very, very well done visual novel. And your characters are actually, um, by default, people of color. So that made me super happy. Mm -hmm. And I always go back to Dragon Age Inquisition because, you know, I'm a big nerd for Bioware. Yeah, I finally <laughs> managed to finish that one. I, I think I've tried three or four times to just get to the end, but I, I finally did that about a month ago. Oh, nice. Really yeah. Have you played any of the DLC? Uh, no, not yet. I mean, basically, I was, I, I figured that that game is just too big for its own good already. It's just massive, so so no DLC. And granted, I have a bias. I know I have a bias, but I would say the Trespasser DLC is definitely worth playing because it, since you like closure, it gives you um, closure. Yeah, I've I've heard good things. So yeah. Well, sadly, that's it. This has been amazing, and I'm so happy I got a chance to talk to you and, and flail about Unravel Game and Yarny, <laughs> and just talk with you, because you're awesome to chat with. And hopefully, if I get a chance to see you at GDC, I would love to buy you a tea or a drink if you so indulge. Yeah, that would be cool. So, you know, other than, well, aside from your Twitter, which is Monkey Beach, um, where can people find you online? Well, there's... Uh... There's the the Coldwood Twitter as well, and uh, it was actually it was really interesting. Just the other day, we we're trying to tweet out this this job ads that we we're gonna post because we we're hiring some people, and then I realized, well, we haven't updated this page in <laughs> what like eight or nine years or something. Just maybe we should just like put a put a big sign on top that says we're not actually out of business. We just have a really <laughs> shitty web page. <laughs> but so so there's that one. I have a very rarely updated Tumblr as well, uh, which was also really funny because I really, I, I, for some reason, I, I never really could foresee the reaction from E3 that people would dig up all this stuff from the internet. So now suddenly, like the stuff that you wrote for your friends or something like that, like you've imagined that 10 or less people would ever read this and then suddenly like a thousand people have read it. And then it's really, you see things in a very different light then. Oh, wow. Yeah, Tumblr's, Tumblr's interesting, but you know, if you go on, whenever you go on Tumblr, there's a lot of awesome Yarny fan art um, to see, so. So yeah, I don't, it's like, I don't want to quit talking, but I know it's super late <laughs> for you. And um, sadly I do, I do have to go do a bunch of writing because, you know, that's what pays bills these days. 
Yeah. But thank you so, so much, Martin. This has been amazing. Um, and for those listening, it should be March 23rd when you get this um, episode of the podcast. I will probably be on a plane when you hear this. So um, enjoy. And then our next episode, we will talk to Elsa Henry, who is um, one of the guests of honor for the upcoming Orca Con in 2017. So we're actually going to take a break next week from recording, but we'll be back on the 23rd with a new episode. So thank you again, Martin, and I will talk to everyone later. Bye. Cool. Bye.